Bible and stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. And by the way, dads, happy Father's Day. Amen. It is Father's Day. And uh, we understand the difference in Father's Day and Mother's Day. Uh, number one, the price of the gift. Number two, the attendance at church. And the list goes on and on and on. Maybe if we were better at uh, training the kids, they'd be better at honoring us, Dad. That's just a little sidebar there. Amen. Let's look in the, in the Word of the Lord in the book of Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter number 27. We're going to begin reading with verse number 1 this morning. This is one of my most favorite days of the year. It's not just because I'm a father and I'll get a little gift, maybe, Actually, my son owes me two gifts. My daughter owes me three. They don't think I'm keeping track, but I am. My son is in Scotland today. He'll be suffering at St. Andrews today. Y'all pray for him. That's a famous golf course, if you don't know. My daughter and son-in-law are taking care of his church in Burleson today, and we will have lunch with them today. It's one of my favorite, favorite times of, of the year because, uh, because it's one of the greatest blessings of my life. We'll talk about that in a moment. The book of Genesis chapter 27 began reading with verse number 1. We're going to read the first four verses, then we're going to skip down to verse 18. It says, Now it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau his older son and said to him, My son. And he answered him, Here I am. Then he said, Behold now, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. I don't know when I'm going to die. So therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out into the field and hunt some game for me. And make me savory food, such as I love. Bring it to me that I may eat in my soul that my soul may bless you before I die. Notice that my soul may bless you before I die. And then in verse number eight, 18, excuse me, verse 18, says that he went to his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Notice Jacob, not Esau, but Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. Little liar. I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit, and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly? How, how, how did you get this food so quick? He said, Because the Lord your God brought it to me. Hmm. Don't bring God into your lie. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near, that I, may that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. Not sure you are. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him, and he said, Your voice is, is the voice of Jacob, but your hands, they're, they're the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. Notice, he blessed him. 
And he said, are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. He said, bring it near to me and I will eat of my son's game so that my soul, notice again, so that I may bless you. And so he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and he kissed him and he smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him. And here's the blessing. He said, surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you. Let nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren. And let your mother's sons bow down to you. And cursed be everyone who curses you. And blessed be those who bless you. For a few moments this morning, I want to talk about the power of a father's blessing. The power of a father's blessing. Let me put a little disclaimer on this. I'm going to tell some stories today. going to tell some things you've already heard me say before. Not offering you up anything new. But I do believe that this is a word that we need to hear today. Father, I just pray today that your anointing will rest upon the message, upon the messenger, Lord, today. Father, give us ears upon our heart today that we will hear the word. God, let us not just be hearers, Lord. But Lord, let it get down into our heart and down into our spirit, Father. Lord, do a work of healing in every heart today. And Father, I just pray that we will all be the fathers that you've called us to be. All for the glory of God. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. There's no greater influence in a child's life than that of a father. My wife's not here to say amen. I finally got one. Let me say that again. If you agree with me, say amen. There is no greater influence in a child's life than that of their father. Now listen to me, I mean no respect to mothers. I, I've told you many times, I am a mama's boy and proud to be. And I believe that mothers are absolutely incredible people. And I, I don't believe there's anybody that works any harder than a true loving mother. And truth be told, mothers usually do much more for their children than daddies do. That being told, even mothers do not have the influence over their children that the child's father has. It's just a fact. The problem is too many fathers do not recognize this or they recognize it too late. I love being a father. Love being a father. Have always loved being a father. My two greatest accomplishments in life are my son and my daughter. And the three granddaughters that they have blessed me and my wife with are, are my greatest joy in this life. I'm a, I'm a silly papa. 
My wife is continually saying to our granddaughters, your papa is a silly papa. I'm a silly papa. Last night on our way home from Lubbock, I almost ran out of gas. I haven't done that in 30 years, but I almost did it. It was so bad I was praying in the Spirit. And I finally found some gas. And when I was out there gassing up, I did a little dance. And Grandma was pointing out the window at Paul, that silly pawpaw of yours out there. My wife said, what you have to pay for that gas? I said, it does not matter. <laughs> We're keeping our, our granddaughters, Chad's uh, two little girls, while they're in Scotland. We're sharing them with the other grandparents, and we've... And I, I was taking Briley and Addie, my two granddaughters, I was taking them to meet their other grandma, and we was doing the switch. You know, how many's ever done the switch? We're doing the switch. And along the way, my oldest granddaughter, Briley, she said, she said, I'm, I'm hungry, Papa. And I said what I always said to my kids when they were growing up, Blessed art thou that doth hunger and thirst, for thou shalt be filled. Briley said, Papa, did you just talk to me in King James Version? Because I didn't understand a word you said. We're driving along, and I tell the girls, I say, I tell the girls, I say, I say, Krista and Sean, Krista and, and Krista and Uncle Sean are going to be in your church tomorrow, and they're going to be filling in and preaching for, for, for Daddy tomorrow, and, and Krista and Sean will be there. That means your cousin Eliana, my 10-month-old granddaughter, she will be with them. Now, I'm an absolute idiot with Eliana. She's 10 months old now. And every time I have her, and most of the time, if they're at our house, I have her two-thirds to three-fourths of the time. And I tell her over and over, I'll bounce her on my knee and I'll look at her and I'll say, I'll say, pick up your paw, paw, put him in your pocket. So when paw, paw's not around and you start missing your paw, paw, you can take paw, paw out of your pocket and play with him. So I told the girls as we're driving, Eliana will be there tomorrow. I need you to tell Eliana for Papa. Say, Papa said, pick up your Papa, put him in your pocket, so that when he's not around, you can pull him out of your pocket and play with him. Addie, my uh, Chad's youngest, said, Papa. I said, what? She said, you know what? I said, what? She said, you know when Eliana gets old enough to talk? I said, yeah. She said, I think I know what Eliana will say to you. I said, oh, really? What do you think Eliana's going to say to Papa when she is able to talk? She said, Papa, she's going to say, that's getting a little old, Papa. I said, really? Huh. 
I said, all right, while we're on the subject, Bradley and Addie, what is it that Papa always says to you that you would like to say, Papa, that's getting a little old. And without even looking at each other, both of them yelled out, Munchkin! Because I've called them my munchkins ever since they were born. And every time I see them, it doesn't matter if it's at church. It doesn't matter if it's at the store. It doesn't matter when they, whenever I see them, they run to me and I yell munchkin. I said, all right, no more munchkins for y'all. I will never call you munchkin again. Oh, no, Papa. No, 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 no. We, we want you to call us munchkin. We want you to call us munchkin. I, I said, are you sure? Yeah. I said, even when you get older? They said, yeah. I said, even when you're grown? Yeah. I said, even on your wedding day? I said, yeah, Papa. We always want you to call us munchkins. I love being a father. I love being a Papa. And I believe that there's no greater influence over a child than that of their father and their papa. You see, I believe that a father literally has the power to bless or curse his children by the words that they speak to their children and by the way they treat their children. So let's talk just for a little bit this morning about the power of a father's blessing. There's three things about this blessing I want to talk about. The first thing I want to talk about is the value The value of the Father's blessing. We understand that in the Jewish culture, the the Father would lay His hands upon and bless His oldest son. And this was a ritual that the oldest son in the family looked forward to. To receive the blessing from His Father. You see, this blessing was literal. It was a literal blessing. It was a ceremony. It was a ritual. It was literal. You see, this blessing had monetary value. Because after receiving the blessing from his father, the oldest son would now be in charge of the family. And as the leader of the family, he would also receive a double share of the father's possessions. He would assume the authority and the responsibility that his father had. Now we understand that Jacob and Esau in our text, we understand they were twins. But we also understand that that, uh, Esau came out first. He was born first. He was the oldest son. and, and, And as the oldest son, he was the rightful heir to the father's blessing. Most of you know the story. Jacob and and his mother were very much aware of the value of the father's blessing. And so the the Bible says that they tricked Isaac, uh, who of course was Jacob and Esau's father. They they tricked him into giving the blessing not not to Isaac, the firstborn, but, but to Jacob instead. And when Esau discovered that he had been... That, that his father had been tricked. And when he discovered, uh, oh, that, that, that the blessing that was rightfully his, the blessing uh, oh, uh, of the firstborn, the incredible, tangible blessing of the father, when he discovered that, 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 that his father had been tricked and his father had, give, been, had given his blessing away to his younger, younger brother, uh, oh, oh, no doubt he, he thought that his father could undo the blessing. Uh, oh, perhaps he thought the father can take the blessing back. But if you'll read the story, Isaac said, I have given my blessing and he will be blessed. 
If we could only understand the value of a father's blessing. If we could understand the value of a father's blessings, we fathers would be more diligent in giving it. My daughter graduated from high school. She went into master's commission and she spent many years there. But I'll never forget when I was, my wife and I were called to come out to Phoenix where my, wife, where my daughter was in master's commission for master's conference. And Chris had already been a couple of years into master's now and there was a tall, skinny guy kind of after her. His name was Sean. Sean tells the story of how he could tell that Krista liked him, but Krista wouldn't give him any indication, and she wouldn't hold his hand. She would barely sit by him. She just, nothing but friends. And she told him, my daddy's going to be here at conference, and you've got to pass the test of my father. She told him, she said, you stand up straight and don't slouch. And he had a couple of slang words that he used. And she said, my dad calls that cussing. So don't use those slang words around my father. And she just, I mean, she had him a nervous wreck. But I mean, she gave him about ten things. He better, I mean, he better toe the line. He better measure up because my father is coming. And unless my father gives his blessing over you, we're not proceeding any further. My wife and I made the trip to Phoenix. Sure enough, I knew what was happening. I knew what was going on. I had to inspect. I had to look him up one side down the other. I had to interrogate him. I had to talk to him. I had to find out what was in his heart. I had to find out what was going on in his life. Well, everybody loves Sean. He's an awesome guy. And when we left, we gave our approval. Sean tells us later, said, man, we went from zero to ten in 30 seconds after you left. <laughs> I said, I don't know where ten is. <laughs> said, that same girl that was standoffish, that same girl that wouldn't let me put my arm around her, wouldn't let me hold her hand, that same girl, uh, all of a sudden she was looking at me the way that I was looking at her. She was waiting for her father's blessing. Later, I got my daughter one-on-one, -on -one and I said, all right, I want the real scoop here. I said, I want to know. If I came out to Phoenix, and I looked at Sean, and I talked to Sean, and I told you, baby, that's not the man for you, are you telling me that you would not have went any further with him? She said, Daddy, not if you gave me a good reason. Woo! Do we understand? Do we understand the value, the value, the value of a father's blessing? The second thing I want to talk about is the variety of the father's blessing. See, there's a variety of ways that a father gives his blessing to his children. Let me just share four of them. First of all, he gives his blessing through spoken words. Spoken words. In verses 28 and 29, Isaac speaks a blessing over, over Jacob. We read that a few moments ago. I'm not going to read it again, but it's in verses 28 and 29. 
Let me, let me tell you something, fathers. We, we, we must be very, very careful what we speak over our children. A father should never tell his child they're dumb or they're stupid or they're clumsy or anything else negative like that. Do you understand the wound that gets into the heart and in the spirit of the child when you speak negative over your child? When that person that is most influential in their entire life, that person, listen, let me tell you, they don't have, their superhero is dead. It's not Superman. It's, it's not some ball player or it's not some, yeah, they have those too, but, but most of all, it's dead. And when the one that they love and admire and respect and honor the most is telling them that they're worthless and they're no good and they're no count and they're stupid and they'll never amount to anything, can you imagine the wound that gets down in the heart of those kids? Therefore, a father should speak positive, uplifting, encouraging words to and over their children. Now, I certainly made more than my share of mistakes with my kids. But let me tell you one thing that I did right. I told you I was going to tell a lot of stories, but it's, I feel like I need to. And I've told this before, but many of you were not here. It's been three or four years ago. But my kids were little bitty. When Chad was just a little bitty guy, I took him in my car, just me and Chad. We drove for a while and just talked and visited. And then I pulled the car over. I stopped the car and I looked him right in the eye. And I said, son, there's something I want you to know. There's something I want you to hear from your father. And I just want to tell you, son, that, that I love you. And son, I, I want to tell you that, that I'm proud I'm proud of you. Proud of you. And son, I just want you to know that, 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 if, that, that if I had the opportunity to, to choose any, any little boy in the entire world to be my son, to be my little boy, I want you to know, Chad, I would choose you. And I took my daughter and we went for a ride and we chit-chatted and I pulled the car over and I said, I said, Krista, there's something that, that daddy wants you to know. There's something daddy wants to tell you. And I looked her in the eye and I said, I want you to know, Krista, that daddy loves you. I love you. And I want you to know that I, that I'm proud of you, Krista. And I want you to know that if, that if I have the opportunity to choose any little girl in the entire world to be my little girl, I want you to know, Krista, I would choose you. I want to encourage you here today, Father, if you have the opportunity, if your kids, especially if they're still small, I want to encourage you to do exactly that or something similar or something like that. And let me tell you that if your kids are grown, it's never too late. I promise you, it's never too late. It's never. I'm going to tell you. I want to tell you that oh, in that big old macho body of that of that son of yours, I want to tell you on the inside, there's still a little bitty boy in there. There's still a little boy in there that needs his daddy to tell him he loves him. There's still a little boy in there that needs his daddy to say, "Son, I love you," and "Son, I'm proud of you." And I don't care if your son's 50 years old. There's still a little boy on the inside of him. And he needs to hear it from his daddy. 
talking about the variety of a father's blessing. Not only should you bless your kids with spoken words, but with significant touch. Back to our text, verse 22, as well as verse 27, says that Isaac touched his son. Touched his son. Oh, men don't touch other men. This is your son. This is your son. This is your daughter. The Jewish blessing consisted of the father laying his hands on his son to impart the blessing. Dads, if your kids are still at home, especially if they are small, lay your hands on them, touch them, hold them, kiss them, give to them physical touch and affection. One of the reasons why many young teenage girls give their bodies away to the first hormone hurricane that comes along is because of their incredible need and desire for physical affection and touch that needed to come from daddy. I understand that when I preach like this, it brings guilt and it brings condemnation to some. And I hate that and I almost don't preach like that because I know it hurts some people to hear this. And I don't like it. I don't want it to happen. But it doesn't negate the truth. And I want to spare the children of the fathers of today. My, my father, and I've reconciled this, and me and my dad were great. But my, I never remember my dad telling me he loved me. My whole life growing up, he never told me he loved me. I never remember getting a hug from my father. My whole time, my whole time growing up. And one day when I was married, and in my father's pastoral office, we had a knockdown drag out. And I told my dad, I said, Dad, you never one time told me you loved me. You never one time hugged me. You never one time told me you were proud of me. And he cried and he said, son, you're right. I didn't know how. He said, my daddy kicked me and cussed me. I never kicked you, son, and I never cussed you. I came a little ways. Maybe you can go a little ways further with your son. And maybe your son can go a little further. I'm not here to bring condemnation on anybody here. And by the way, I, 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 I hug my dad and he hugs me and I tell my dad I love him and he tells me he loves me. I, I, I told him I loved him before he told me he loved me. But now he never not tells me that he loves me and that he's proud of me and all of that. So if you're thinking, wondering about it, yeah, that, that, that's been taken care of and I'm glad and I'm grateful and I'm thankful. I'm not here to bring any condemnation on anybody here today, but to in, I'm, here to, I'm here to help some young dads not make the same mistake that some of our grandpas and great-grandpas and fathers made in, in the past. We can correct the situation, amen? We can make it better for, for ours going forward. And also to tell you, Dad, if you never did that for your kids, let me tell you, it's still not too late, and they still need to hear it, and they will receive it. When you hug them, it'll be like hugging a brick wall, but you hug them anyway. Hey, if you've never been hugged your whole life, and then you're, adult, you're an adult, and your parent tries to hug you, it's, it's weird. 
but you still want it. Amen. Is this okay this morning? Talking about the variety of the Father's blessing right now. The third thing is, is through skillful direction. We can bless our children, fathers, with skillful direction. Proverbs 22 and 6, I like the way this is in this uh, version. It says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they won't leave it. And we just take that, you know, train up a child the way it should go. When they're old, they'll not depart from it. We just preach that, you know, just bring them to church and teach them and train them. And they'll always be in church. And they'll always serve God. And they'll always live. And that's okay, too. It's okay, too. But let me tell you, it means much, much more than that. It's more practical than that. A father should recognize the unique gifts, talents, and abilities of his children and then steer them onto a path where their gifts, talents, and abilities can be utilized. Isaac recognized his son Esau's gift and love for hunting. So what did he do? He sent his boy hunting. So fathers, we need to pay attention to to our kids and and we need to help our kids recognize who they are and recognize our uh, help our kids recognize the gifts and talents and abilities that God has given to them. And we need to give them skillful direction, nudging them gently in the direction best suited for what God has placed in their heart and in their hands. Too often dads push their children in the direction they want them to go. Or in the direction they wished they had gone themselves. In essence, trying to give themselves... Or in essence, trying to fulfill their unfulfilled dream for their life through the life of their child. I wanted a little red wagon when I was growing up. My cousin had one. And every time I went to my cousin's, I wanted a little red wagon so bad. I never got one. I told that story in Midland about 15 years ago. One of the ladies in the church bought me a little red wagon. And put it in my office, and I had it in my office for several years. But the funny thing about that is I wanted a little red wagon when I was a little bitty boy. All My whole growing up, I wanted a little red wagon. I could just imagine all coming. You know, you could make that a car, you know, a truck or whatever. You know, put your knee in it and push it along, you know. Or you could make it a, a wagon like it's supposed to. I mean, you could just do all kinds of things with that. Man, I just wanted that so bad. So when Chad got up to be about, you know, whatever age, I said, I said, Chad, Daddy's got a good idea. I said, how would you like, Daddy, to buy you a little red wagon? Oh, you could have so much fun with that little red wagon. I told him all he could do with a little red wagon. He was just a little bitty guy. I said, would you like, Daddy, to buy you a little red wagon? He said, no. (laughs) I want a big wheel. See, what's in your heart may not be in the heart of your son. What's in your heart, the gifts and the talents and the abilities and the desires of your kid may be totally opposite of yours. Stop trying to live your dream through your kids. It only leads to ultimate frustration for you and your child. One more way that a father can bless his children real quickly, and that is through systematic praise. Systematic praise. Let me tell you, no child is good at everything, but every child is good at something. 
Don't lie to your kids. Don't give your kids false hope. Don't tell them they're good at something if they're not. You're not helping them. Better for them to cry a couple of tears, get over it, and go do something they are good at than think they're good at something they're not. And everybody knows they're not. But because they're the preacher's kid, they get to sing. <laughs> Wish somebody would tell that preacher that his boy can't sing. Well, my boy can sing, but you know what I'm saying. Amen. Don't lie to your kids. Don't tell them they're good at something they're not. Instead, be nice but honest. It's okay to say them, say to them after a while, not on the first day, not in the first, but, but after you just, you know, they're just not going to make it here. It's okay to, to tell them, to say, Junior, Junior, baseball doesn't seem to be your niche. It just doesn't, you know. And that's okay. Not everybody is good at baseball, Junior. Not everybody plays baseball. Why, 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 don't, why don't Daddy buy you a guitar? Let's see what you, how you can do with that. Sweetheart, singing isn't your best thing. Why don't we enroll you in gymnastics? Praise them more for who they are instead of what they do. Another story. It's full of my stories, but that's okay. It's okay for me, anyway. When my son, Chad, was a sophomore in high school, we moved. We moved from Elk City, Oklahoma, to Midland, Texas. My son loved baseball from the time he was in T-ball through high school, and he could have gone to college on a scholarship, but he chose to go to Southwestern, who had no baseball, school, uh, baseball at the time. I've gone to 10,000 baseball games if I've gone to one. And he was always the best kid on the team. And that's not Daddy saying that. He always won the MVP, most valuable player. The last three years before we moved to Midland, uh, he was best player on the team, most valuable player. Now we move. We move from a 3A school to a 5A school. Chad goes out and tries out for the baseball team in this new big school where no one knows him, no one knows about his reputation. Now, he would have been a starter on the varsity as a sophomore at the old school, but now he's at the new big school. Nobody knows him. Not only do they not put him on the varsity team, they don't put him on the junior varsity team. They put him on the lowly sophomore team. I'll never forget the day Chad came into the living room, bawling his eyes out, telling me what happened and where they put him. He was crushed. He was so discouraged. He said, Dad, I'm just going to quit. I said, Dad, I said, son, you are not going to quit. You love baseball too much to quit. I said, son, you know how good you are, and I know how good you are, but these coaches, they don't know how good you are. You're brand new to them. They don't know you. They know all these other kids. They've seen them go up through the system. They, you're the new kid on the block. They don't know you from anybody. They don't know you. They don't know what you've done and what you're able to do. You're, you, you're a sophomore. They don't expect much out of you. Nobody makes varsity on the, as a sophomore in a 5A school. Nobody does that. Very few make the, make the junior varsity. I said, I said, I said, they just put you on the sophomore team because you're a sophomore and they don't know you. I said, you go back out there, son. And I said, you play your heart out. You play your hardest and you show them that you do not belong on the sophomore team. He went back to 
practice the next day, and he worked hard. The coach said to him the very next day, they made a mistake. Son, you don't belong on the sophomore team. You go on up there. The junior varsity's practicing up there. You go up there and you tell them, coach said you belong on this team. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Two weeks later, junior varsity coach said, son, you're good enough to play on the varsity. The varsity practices over there. You go over there and tell them, JV coach said you're varsity material. Talking about the power of a father's blessing. Fathers, are you blessing your children? Because you have an incredible power over the lives of your children. You have the opportunity to bless them or curse them. You bless them or curse them with spoken words, significant touch, skillful direction, and systematic praise. All right, we've talked about the value and the variety. Let's talk about one more thing. We're going to do it very, very quickly. Then we're going to honor our fathers. We'll be done today. Let's talk about the validation. The father's blessing validates the child. And I believe this validation comes twofold. Number one, through acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. Mary Kay Nash, the founder of Mary Kay Cosmetics says, uh, Cosmetics says, everyone wears an invisible sign around their neck that says, make me feel important. Children desperately need to be acknowledged by their father. And let me tell you, little children will do anything, including doing something bad and getting in trouble just so they can be acknowledged. How many times have you heard your children or grandchildren say, watch me, watch me, watch me, daddy, watch me, daddy, look, daddy, look, daddy, look, watch me. They, they, they need to know that you are watching, that you care, that, you are, that they are valuable in their life. Too often we're too preoccupied with making a living or with the correct or, or the current worry of the day and we become so distracted that we don't acknowledge and don't appreciate the most important things in our lives. See, I won't always be your pastor, but I will always be Chad and Christus' father. Amen. Hopefully I'll be your pastor for many years. Hopefully. That's my, my goal. I hope you're going the same direction I am. But one day I won't be. But I'll still be their father. And so see, as important as you are, they're more important. Amen. The second part of validation is approval. Oh, how desperately do we need our father's approval to hear our father say, I'm proud of you. And I want to admonish every father in here today, be generous with your approval. Be generous with your approval. Be quick to tell your kids, no matter how young or how old, I'm proud of you. I love you. My kids have made me proud in a lot of different ways. They've lived great lives. They've accomplished a lot of things in their life. I've been to a lot of their things where they were awarded or whatever. And I've told them, not every time, but many times I've told them, I'm so proud of you, but not just because you won most valuable player. Or I'm proud of you, not just because you won the gymnastics meet. I'm proud of you because who you are. I'm proud of you 
Whether you won or lost, I'm still proud of you. Don't make them do something to earn it. My goodness, they're your child. Let them know you love them and you're proud of them. Give them your approval, Dad. Validate your kids. Give them the Father's blessing that they so desperately, desperately want. Amen. Braden, could you come and start to play softly? Just you'll be fine today, please, and just play softly. Perhaps you're here today and you've never received the Father's blessing. You've never received your Father's blessing. Perhaps your dad died. Perhaps he abandoned you. Maybe your dad was like my dad. He just didn't know how to give you his blessing. Maybe he did the best he could, but he was never taught how to be a good dad or how important it was to bless his children. All he was taught, all my dad was taught was put a roof over their heads and three squares. Clothes on their back. That's all my dad was taught. And he was good at that. But if I've described you today and you've never received the Father's blessing, a couple things I think you need to do. First of all, I, I think you just, especially if, you're, if your dad is gone and He's passed on already, so you'll, you, you can never get it from him. So what you need to do is forgive him. Just forgive him. And, and realize that he did the best he could. He, never, he, he did what he was taught. He did the best he could. And so just let it go. Just drop it and forgive him. Even if he's dead, just even say it, Dad, I forgive you. I know you, you're dead and you're gone, but Dad, I forgive you. I love you. What might help you a little bit is kind of look over your life as a father. And there's some things you could, you know what, I missed it here. I missed it there. I missed it here. I could have done better there. You know what? You know, when we get in their shoes, we kind of understand a little more, huh? Understand a little more how hard it was and difficult it is and without the training. So that helps us to forgive, right? Just forgive them. Move on. You've never given the blessing and your kids are still alive it's not too late give them your blessing give them your approval but what I really want you to know today is that if you've never received the Father's blessing you can still receive it through your Heavenly Father the psalmist said in Psalm 27 and 10 when my father and my mother forsake me the Lord will take care of me And the psalmist said in Psalm 68 and 5, God will be a father to the fatherless. God will be to you the father you never had. The father you always dreamed of. The father you always dreamed of and always hoped for. God, your heavenly father can be that father. To you. And your father today offers you the Father's blessing. The Father's blessing. 
When I say that the difference between Father's Day and Mother's Day is the price of the gift, my son corrects me and he says, no, Dad, the difference is you always tell the mothers how wonderful they are and then you beat up on the fathers. That's the difference. Well, we're the ones that need it. And it's because I love you and I love being a father so much and I want to help you if I can. I'd like all the fathers, if they would, this morning to come and stand in front this morning. All the fathers, please. Every father in this room, would you come today and would you stand facing the congregation this morning?